Spreading number love all over the globe. It's the Vibe Show Podcast with your boy Kano the Don, the Vibe King. And we have a super, super, super treat for y'all today. We have a mega guest on the show joining us today. Film actor, television actor, all around actor with every this guy's killing everything, man. I mean the range is ridiculous. The one and only Robert Richard. What it do, my brother? What's going on, Will? How you guys doing? Man, we doing great, man. I wanna I wanna take time out, man, to just thank you for taking time out of your super busy schedule to uh chime in with us for a little while. Oh, come on, man. I love you guys, man. Come on, let's have a good time, man. You know what it's all about. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, man. How how's the weather out there? California's always California, man. You know, WWW, right? Women weeding weather. That's how it goes. You already all know. The time. <laughs> now you 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 originally born in um louisiana correct i mean in los angeles yeah i'm born in los angeles born and raised and uh, i'm from the crenshaw area uh which is like at this point world famous everybody in the world knows crenshaw right because of all the rappers and you know what i mean like south central la and then um yeah but my family all my family like my last name my heritage is all from from new orleans ah Okay. Which is great because um, I'm playing a great character, George Bakay, in this movie about Buddy Bolden that takes place in New Orleans. So I got to go back to New Orleans, be in French Quarter, Louisiana, and uh, and make this film. And it's actually great because my grandfather, I'm sorry, my great uncle, which is my grandfather's brother, um, is a jazz musician named Plaz Johnson. And he did um, the saxophone for Pink Panther. So it's really? kind of like cool to kind of be like, you know what I'm saying, like in in that era and, you know, paying homage to someone who's my family who's, who's, you know, in the jazz world musical. Right. So, and, and then you already know what that, that, that good eating like already too then. You, you've oh, experienced my that. my favorite food in the world. Listen, I travel all over the world. Like there's people love like sushi or like Mediterranean food. The best food in the world is in New Orleans, in New Orleans, Louisiana. Like the gumbo, yeah, yeah, crap. Oh my god, just all the food. It's just, it's on another level. Man, I'm telling you, you know, man, growing up in 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 Los Angeles, cause like, like I say, man, I'm I'm such a huge uh, fan of yours. And um, before before we even get into the meat and potatoes, man, I I just I want I want to talk about like. Growing up in Los Angeles and around that time um, as a youth, being younger, how did you dodge, like, everything that was going on, man? Like, how did you stay so grounded and, and, and just veer around all of that and, and, and become this, this, this amazing person that you are today? You know, it's funny you say that because I remember L.A. in that time period, like, basically, like, the 90s. And, I mean, there was trouble everywhere. Right. And the thing about it, they always say, like, an idle mind is going to get in trouble, right? Right. So I think it was important that the way that, you know, part of 
the recreational part of Los Angeles was like there was football, there was baseball, there was basketball. I end up like, you know, I was getting ready to get into a fight. What? With some gang members the day that I went and like dodged and went into this random building that happened to be an acting school. No. So that's how I started acting was I was like getting in trouble, avoiding a fight with a rival gang. <laughs> Are you serious? And and that's why I'm such a big huge advocate for like after school programs because Essentially, had I not been in there, you know, I probably would have ended up being a statistic by now, which was right. in jail or hurting somebody or getting hurt or having illegitimate kids or all the things mm-hmm. they said in the 90s that black kids are going to be in America. By the time you're 25, you're going to have one of these things that's going to mess up your life accomplished. Right. So, so I, I, I'm a big, big advocate for just, like, keeping young people, like, busy and give them something productive to do because if not like you're getting in trouble no question right right it's like you can't you you, you it's you have to be involved in something to actually be able to dodge it exactly exactly and it's so funny because like then like you know all the kids who are the athletes they kind of got a pass a little bit like if you were in the wrong neighborhood and people were like, oh, where are you from? Be like, oh, I'm an athlete. They're like, oh, you're an athlete. Okay, we'll, we'll let you go. Right. And so it's like, you know, you got to be a part of something. Otherwise, you're kind of a target. So, um, and, you know, I was around, like, in the thick of it. Like, I'm from the Crenshaw-Slawson area, which, um, if you don't know that, that's, like, where a lot of the, the epicenter of, like, all the gangbanging in L.A. is. Right. And, you know, I was getting pulled in that direction heavily by friends and by friends' older brothers and the community, you know, trying to be down and also for security so that you don't get your sneakers taken on the way on the walk home. Right, right. And, and so, and so, but, uh, but now I'm kind of glad that I made it out uh, in the position that I'm in. And that's why it's really, really important for me to, like, go back and, like, talk to kids, talk to schools, talk to after-school programs, and really be, a, like, a part of the community and set an example that, like, there's something for you that's not just being a simple statistic. And i tell you this right now. It's so important for people who young people admire to spend some face time with them. When I was in school, part of the reason why I didn't want to be, I met this guy, his name was Bill. I said, Nice to meet you, Bill. He goes, what's your name? I said, Robert. He says, Robert what? I said, Robert Richard. Goes, I'm Bill Clinton. Nice to meet you. Always what? introduce your first and last name and always give somebody. You know, ask somebody for their first and last name. Right. So this random guy that I met named Bill who came to my school became, you know, the president of the United States. And Man. one of the most, like, decorated ones, too. Right. So, like, having that ability to, like, shake his hand, like, talk to him and touch him, it kind of made me want to think more about my life in the future, about what it could be. Right. And, and, and you know, that's what I wanted to ask you, too. Um, so acting in, in show business never was something that you were actually, like, that you envisioned or was one of your dreams, like, growing up or, or, or anything like that. You, you that's, that's actually how you stumbled into the business. Right, exactly. Yeah, it was never like an aspiration of mine or something that I saw myself doing. You know, 
know, I kind of wanted to be more like, you know, like nerdy, like an engineer or something like that. Right. Go to like, uh, be an astronaut or work at NASA or something. So, um, but yeah, this this whole thing in the, I mean, it, it probably ended up saving my life, and I'm I'm grateful for it. Right. You know, but it's just it's it's. It's just amazing to hear you say that because of how amazing you are and how super talented you are. I mean, on all levels, like to me, like you, you, you have no, no ceilings, like, cause you're, you're just so gifted in that area. Like, was it over time that you, um, you know, worked with, uh, maybe acting coaches or anything like what, how did you, how did you get, or when did you realize that you really was that talented? Well, it's funny because, like, once again, back to the story about growing up in L.A., like, I always felt like I wasn't a punk. Right. So when I was in class, I didn't even participate at all. I was just sitting in the class and sitting in the back with my arms crossed. And then one time, um, my teacher asked me, she said, "She said, are you are you scared?" I said, "Scared of what? <laughs> <laughs> Standing in front of these strangers and acting a fool like you guys are doing? I'm out. Listen, if I stand up, I'm gonna be the best actor in this whole state." <laughs> right, right. Like that, you know what I'm saying? But that attitude of like a bad kid, like if you put him in a situation where he can be productive, that same energy he put into fighting or getting in trouble, he's gonna put into something that's positive. Right. So I, I I saw her asking me if I was scared as a challenge. I'm like, listen, you're going to find out how scared I am. You're going to have a whole career of watching me on television, and I'm going to be on every single television station, every movie that you go and see. Wow. Like, that, that's, how, that's how scared I am. So And look that, today. And that's kind of like what ended up happening. And so, like, you know, it'd be no different, I think, if somebody was an athlete, you know, like a running back or something. Like, were you scared to play football? Like, I'll run over everybody. And that person become like Emmitt Smith or something. <laughs> right. Right. Wow. Man, that, that you know, that's that's actually kind of like the first time I've heard somebody put it like that. You know, and, and, and turn it around. Not even knowing that you're turning it around like that. But just like basing it on the premise of something else. Like, you know, like you seeing yourself like, I'm not this weak person. And channel that energy into a whole career. Yeah, man, and I'm still passionate about this about it today as I was when I first got my first role. My first role was on Hang With Mr. Cooper, and I remember, like, when my mom told me, I celebrated. I was jumping around the house, doing backflips in the hallway. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I got a job! And, like, to this day, I still have, like, that much enthusiasm because I love it. I love it for all the right reasons, too. How did you, um, how did that part come about? Like you, you just, you went, you auditioned and, and you got it or was it a different situation? So the way, the way that it happened was I went into this random school, like dodged a fight and ended up like signing up for class. And so I was in class and at this school, eventually they like put on a play or something and I was in the play and then somebody asked me afterwards, like, Hey, I'm an agent, you know? do you want to be represented? And I'm like, yeah, you got to ask my mom, you know, okay, whatever, you know? So then they signed me up and they started sending me out on auditions and my mom was driving me around the city. And like the first week I booked the first thing and they're like, Oh wow, this kid's great. Right. And I just 
after that, like, I booked another one the next month, and then another one the next month. I was working with Shaquille O'Neal and, like, doing all the Nickelodeon stuff, and I was booking, like, Touched by an Angel and all this stuff. And then uh, the network came to me and was like, hey, we want to make a show for you. Wow. I was like, great, what's it going to be about? Right. <laughs> and like, we'll figure it out. And the show they came up with was My Cousin Skeeter. Man. Me being, like, this introverted kid who has this, like, wild, crazy cousin who's, like, getting him in trouble all the time. Right. And, and like, even at that point, like, were you actually, like, really taking it serious? Because you know how you can be one of these, one of these amazing talents that's just, like, you know, just born with just, just pure talent. And, and did, did, like, were you taking it serious then? Or, or like, you know, because your mom um, was your, was, well, she was your representative at that time, correct? Yeah, like, I sort of got, kind of always had, like, an official, like, manager and agent and stuff. Right. So my mom was just kind of being my mom. But I think that, and the answer to your question was, I don't think I took it too seriously. I, I just took it kind of in the same mindset of, like, a kid, like, playing sports. Right. Was like, if I'm going to be on this team, then, like, let's hit the home run. Let's hit the game-winning three-pointers. Let's score the touchdown in the fourth quarter. Like, from that standpoint. So I felt like I, like, always kind of thought of acting like a sport. Just because that, that's how I thought about everything as a kid. Right. Like, sports. And so I wasn't really consumed with, like, if you do well, then you could, like, be popular or be on TV. It's like when I was actually doing it, I'm like, I want to do this to the best of my abilities. Right. Right. You know, that that's, man... That's crazy, you know, and I... And I ask everybody, you know, it doesn't matter what age you are. Like, if you're going to show up, you know, someone's going to ask you to get up and do something. Like, just just do your best. Do your best, and you'll never regret, like, having to look back. Like, oh, what if I would have done this better? Right. You know? Right. And I don't want, I don't want anybody living with that. Man. So, um, Coach Carter, how, how, how did that, that, that come about? The way Coach Carter came about was I was in my buddy's backyard. And we had like a Saturday morning basketball league. Right. And so I'm playing basketball in his backyard. And this guy at the end of the, at the, end of the game was like, hey, so I'm going to get this movie made about my life. And um, I think that you could play my son in the movie. Uh, but would you be willing to give me a ride in your car two hours away? I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. But my dad was always like, you know, respect your elders, all that kind of stuff. So I was like, man. So it was Saturday morning. I gave this guy, his name was Coach Kenneth Carter. And I gave him a ride two hours away, like, to the deep part of West Covina in Los Angeles on the 10 freeway where there's, like, endless traffic. Right. And he took my number down. He was like, I'm going to get this movie up in my life, man. I promise you. And then, like, three years later, he, like, hits me up. He's like, hey, so I'm getting the movie made, and I'm trying to decide if uh, Denzel or Samuel Jackson is going to play me, but you're going to play my son. What? Hey, what? What? Are you kidding me? So I was, he was telling me, he was like, I was like, listen, man, I don't think it really works like that. Like, now that you get the movie made, like, <laughs> there's, like, politics and stuff. He's like, he's like oh, no, don't worry about it. So... The movie 
actually got had auditions. They had like basketball sport auditions, which I did great at that. And then they never invited me to the auditions because they were telling me that I was like too light skinned to play Samuel Jackson's son. Right. Mm-hmm. So they like auditioned all these other kids that were just like darker in complexion, and then nobody made Sam Jackson happy with like the role. So then Coach Kenneth Carter was like, "Hey." I told this guy, Robert, that I was going to put in my movie because he reminds me of my son. Let's get him an audition. So I went, and I had to read with Sam Jackson, and the chemistry was, like, perfect. And Coach Carter was there. He's like, I told you you remind me of my son. Wow. That was it. That's how I got the role. What was the experience? like? Was that your first time meeting um, Sam? or? Yeah, it was my first time meeting Sam, but, you know, I kind of always had this thing in the back of my head that, like, to be great, you have to work with great. Right. And so I kind of, once I kind of got into the acting game, I was like, man, there's certain people that I'm going to work with. Like, I'm going to work with Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm going to work with Jamie Foxx, who's wildly talented. I'm, like, I'm going to work with Denzel Washington. I'm going to work with Sam Jackson. So when I got a chance to meet him, you know, I was like, my, my baseball coach always told me, act like you've been here before. So there was no, like, deer in headlights, no shock, no, like, um, oh, my God, like, I'm so happy to meet you. I'm yeah. like, oh, you're playing the father, I'm playing the son. This is our movie. <laughs> and I really approached it with that way. And at first, you know, some people thought that I was being a little disrespectful, but Sam didn't see it that way. Oh. Sam was like, you're being a professional. And wow. so there's, like, a bunch of um, scenes in Coach Carter that never saw the light of day. They're just all father-son scenes that are awesome. And Sam always stuck up for me. It's the whole to the studios, directed everyone. He's like, this kid is, like, insanely talented. Like, I work with a lot of people. I've never seen somebody, like, just go, like, you know, line to line with me and have no fear, doesn't forget a line, always off book, and doing everything in one or two takes. So I've definitely got a lot of just, like, that reinforced, you know, my confidence on what I was doing by, by working with somebody who, you know, is Academy Award winning actor, and like, you know, the right. biggest movie star on the planet. Man, that is just like, man, <laughs> Sam the man. Sam break, the man. Breakout and role. It goes back to this movie that I'm in, Bolton, that comes out May 3rd. Yeah. That's so what I want to ask you about dude, that. If you, were, if you were listening to me right now, you better make sure you go buy your ticket to this movie. First of all, it's a black film. I mean, this movie is like, it's better than um, Wakanda. It's better than Black Panther. No. I can say that. I've seen both. And this movie is outstanding. Secondly, like, all the roles that everyone wants to talk about when you're like a person of color, like, oh, I want them to make movies with us in them. This is a movie with us in it. Number two, the story is absolutely riveting it kind of like it's kind of like it didn't do this intentionally but kind of what happened with like colin kaepernick right how they made an example of him and kicked him out of the nfl that's kind of like how the story is but like from a business standpoint because this guy buddy bolden who created his own music he started making money right and once he was in the south making money without using like you know the man to hold him down they were like kill him kill him. Wow. So by any means necessary, give him, put drugs in his community, give him tons of women, give him alcohol, give him violence, break his soul. 
What? Exactly. Exactly. That some person is being positive, but the community is broken. So you see somebody like, let's say, Bill Clinton being a leader or whatever, he's from Little Rock, Arkansas. There's nobody trying to sneak into his backyard and try to, like, knock him out. Right. But we live in broken communities right now where where you see somebody doing good and there's a little bit of that crafts in the barrel mentality where they're like, I'm going to take you out. Right. Who do you think you are? And so this is like the precipice of that, where you're seeing somebody who's wildly talented that they're trying to give all this stimulation to people around him to cause, like, internal community strife and to kill this man. And, you know, I played this, you know, person, this character, George Bakay, who's really also a reflection of his own social insecurities, Buddy Bolton, the lead character, right. because he's insecure because he can't play music or he can't read music or, you know what I'm saying, he has all his limitations on how he's doing this art form. It just seems like arbitrary versus like knowing the science behind it. But a lot of young people feel that way too. They're like, they're good at something. They don't know why they're good at it. And everyone's making them feel like insecure about it. Right. Wow. And And, and when does it come out? It comes out May 3rd. It'll be in theaters May 3rd. I'm so excited about this film. This film is phenomenal. They rated it 98 out of 100, the critics. What? This movie is exceptional. And, you know, a lot of times what we see also with our big, huge, like, juggernauts and, like, celebrities, especially in our culture, they end up demonizing them at some point in their career. So here's this person who's wildly talented, and they end up in an sales style with syphilis, and a thousand kids and looked at it like an illegitimate death. Right. And have we seen that with Bill Cosby? Have we seen that with R. Kelly? Right. Have we seen that with Michael Jackson? Now, I get it. Like, you know, for every action is an equal and opposite reaction. But this this is someone who we see that young kids were looking up to, let's say, R. Kelly, I Believe I Can Fly. Like, that song is an anthem. I oh, man. I touch the sky. I think about it every night and day. Yeah. I my wings so I can fly away. Like, that's a powerful song. And his legacy is going to be left behind as this guy's a monster. Right. Michael Jackson, rest in peace. No, not rest in peace. They put out a documentary, this guy's a monster. Bill Cosby, an example of somebody who's a household name, who, you know, transcended race, and everyone's watching this doctor raise his children that looks like us. What? They turn him into a monster. Wow. You know that 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 is, I, I, I want your like your take on it. Being that we're on the conversation, um, you've been in the business for a while. Um, like, why do you why do you think that that's that's so? Why do you think that that it has to um, to strip the legacy away as well to to just take it all away? Well, you know what's crazy is. You gotta make friends, man. In life, and we're all human beings. But when someone's not your friend, and they have a pen, they write a story. Mm-hmm. 
And that pen will kill your legacy. There's a, there's a story right now about one of the Kennedy brothers. It wasn't JFK. It wasn't Robert. It was, it was the fourth brother. He, like, got drunk and drove a lady in his car off a cliff and killed yeah. her. Yeah, I remember that. But, but that wasn't what was penned. Nah. He had friends in the right places, and so the story that they wrote changed that narrative. You look at somebody like, let's say, Robert Kraft. Right now, he's got a thing going on where, like, you know, the, the, the sex trafficking in, in southern Florida. Right. Right? But who's writing the story? The story is somebody who is probably a friend of his. Hmm. So you don't see them writing the story. Robert Kraft's a monster. Robert Kraft should be held and lynched because he's a responsible member of society and kids look up to his team and to him and Kraft's uh, foods are in the grocery store. Get all this food out of the grocery store. Kill, get him, excommunicate him from the NFL. No one's writing that narrative. Right. They're just like, oh, he made a mistake. I see what you're saying. That that. <laughs> where where whereas if that would have been somebody who was one of us, let's say you know Magic Johnson owns the team, if he was going to do some trafficking that was illegal from the sex trade, they would probably just like destroy his like Dodgers owner, Lakers owner, championship Laker, one of the Michigan Spartan, all that might be erased. Right. Wow. But you can see somebody like a Tom Brady, like, cheating a couple times, three or four times, and they're like, oh, at least he's trying. (laughs) (laughs) If you're not cheating, you're not trying. (laughs) You know, it's funny that you say that, man, because um, that that is just, like, so true, man. It's so true. You know the 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 thing that happened with um uh what 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 is his name man he came out and just I guess he got tired of being extorted to keep that story on the wraps with you know him having AIDS and and um what was his name man and um he just came out and and told told everybody that you know and and had been having sex with women you know while 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 being infected and um nobody it nobody else said anything about it it wasn't blasted it wasn't nobody was interviewing nobody was doing anything what was his name he played on money talks with um martin oh. i mean with uh chris tucker with chris tucker okay I can't think of who you're talking about right now, but I'm sure it's somebody specific yeah it, it, it'll 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 come but you you are so right were they of color or no no, no, no. Right. So the story that was created about him, you mean you don't even remember the guy's name because it wasn't really that big of a story. <laughs> right? You're right. You're right. So the person who was in charge of the pen, they write the story that goes down into history. So it really is his story. And that person who is the his is not your friend, is not a Rupert Murdoch from Fox or not some big juggernaut at Viacom that runs CBS and runs Paramount. If you're not, if these people who are in charge, who are selling news stories, aren't your friends, then 
They're like, listen, we're taking care of our business. We're making everybody tune into our channel to see the latest on, you know, so-and-so in Chicago fake their own, you know, lynching and get beat up. And that story's running on every single platform for the last three months. Right. Wow. I see exactly what you're saying. You know, the thing that I, I, um, I admire about you, how... Cause you know you see a lot of, um, you you started in the game what thirteen, and Correct. and um, you transitioned, and and like you said, and and never stopped going hard. Um, you didn't hear any, you never heard any bad stories about you. Oh, he was out in the town drunk, or he, uh, you know, nothing. How did you make that transition from a kid star to you know an adult? star and you know i gotta give the answer honest like we're all human beings and we all have things that maybe you know we're not the most proud of or whatever but i think that when i was a young person you know in my neighborhood everyone talked about staying stealth that was the word stealth still waters run deep right so when i was coming up in the game i was never pushing my name out like oh Come see my Robert Richard in in the tabloids. Robert Richard for this. Robert Richard for that. I was never pushing my name out there because I was a young person and I knew that I was going to make mistakes. Right. Okay. And so there was never really like a story that could break about using my name to leverage it because I wasn't pushing my name out there. Now that I'm adult and I've learned, you know, morality that I have to be an example in the community. Yeah, I'm building my name up more. I want everyone to know Robert Richard. And I've got, you know, these things that I'm a part of were like my social health initiative and, you know, I give back to kids and all that kind of stuff. And that's something that I do want to promote and am actively promoting. But it wasn't like I was doing that early, just like, look at me, look at me, look at me. Yeah. Yeah. And you do you and you think that's where a lot a lot of uh a lot of them make mistakes at? By so there's, early in the game, a lot of money that's being invested, especially by young people, into being popular. And you know, when you're pushing that story, like you know, whether it's a good news or bad news, if it's popular news, it sells. So the same way that you become the biggest, you know, pop star on the planet, and you're doing right, as soon as you're doing bad, they're selling that too. Got you. <laughs> that's you, that's if just if point you're not blank. putting up your assets, which is you know. Get some property. Get some things they're going to appreciate. You know, keep a good team by your side, a good accountant or a good lawyer or something like that. You know what I'm saying? And right. Really invest in that stuff first. When you're just out just, like, being wild, you know, making videos and buying jewelry and doing all this stuff, then you might not have a foundation to stand on if something that you don't want exposed is going to sell, you know, headlines. Right. Right. Do do you ever say um, with at the level that that you're at right now in your career? Um, do you ever say no to any jobs or nah, nah, that's not that's not me? Or is it um, clearly it's not all about the money with you? Um, but is it ever a point where where you like you know this job just nah, I'm a pass on this? Well, you know what? There's been jobs that I saw on worse that I had. Somebody Come on. was about this movie, and the movie was about, uh, like, being on campus and, like, stepping, like, 
uh, fraternity stepping. Yeah. I, I just didn't really think of myself as that type of actor who, who would do that type of film, but that movie turned out to be Stomp the Yard. Come on, like, man. What? So now I'm like, listen, sometimes God puts something in your life and you might not recognize it, but it's a blessing. Just say yes. Right. Don't don't look don't look a gift horse in the mouth. This is art, and you don't know what things are going to. So now I'm like a lot more, like, open to be like, well, who's involved? You know, that person who was doing that film, Will Packer, is now one of the biggest contributors to film from you know people who look like us on the plane. Right. So, so true. Had I recognized who the who my teammate would have been, I said, listen, this is just. One thing out of a bunch of things we're going to do. Right. So do this one project and then go back to him later on and say, hey, let's do another one. You know, another movie that I said no to at first was the um, Chocolate City movie. But they convinced me to do that movie, and I've worked with that director four times now. Wow. I did another film. I've worked with that director three times now. So it's about the teammates that you have, too, you know? Right, right. Wow. So I don't really look a gift horse in the mouth anymore. I'm like, if somebody's knocking on my door and they want me in their film, I should probably consider what they're saying. Right. Right. How was how was the experience um, working with Jamie? Ah, uh, Jamie's great. Jamie's deep, too, man. Jamie, because Jamie, I would say Jamie knows the game probably better than anybody. I mean, think about it. Jamie's got like a Tony Award, a Grammy Award, yeah. an Academy Award. I mean, he was on like the biggest like sketch comedy show, Living Color. Next is like SNL. Yeah. But he's on that thing. And then he won an Emmy for, I mean, an Academy Award for Ray, but then he's also on the Jamie Foxx show, but he also has his own radio station. Wow, yeah. Foxhole. But then he's also on television doing these game shows like, uh, the Shazam show, but then he's also in TV shows, but he also has indie movies, but he also has an album that he's put out. He's also right. the biggest, like, I mean, he's worked with, he did Django with Leonardo DiCaprio. Man. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and then, then he's, he's connected with fight. everybody. He, this guy is connected to everybody, I think, in Hollywood. I mean, who, I mean, who hasn't Jamie worked with? I mean, Jamie is, Jamie can call DJ Khaled Tom Cruise on the same phone call. <laughs> right? Like, and that's just, you know saying? Like, that's just his, Tom Cruise's ex-wife is his wife. Like, he's done it. He's amazing. I, Jamie Foxx, to me, I probably admire him most in the business. I say he's probably, like, the last, like, juggernaut, like, star. Yeah. Yeah. I, Between, like, him and, honestly, like, Queen Latifah. If you think about it, Queen Latifah had a TV show. She had a magazine. She won an Academy Award for Chicago. She's making other movies. She's on television. She got her own makeup line. Like, between... Label, between television, her, television. They, uh, I mean, it's just like, yo. So, Queen Latifah, J-Lo, and Jamie Foxx. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get anybody on the phone. <laughs> Man, that is... that. <laughs> That's so true. Like that that experience working on that show, man, because the show was so amazing, and to 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 be a part of that, like, what, what was that experience like with you? You know what's cool about Jamie is Jamie don't ride a high horse. Jamie still he's like he a good time, you know. So like he's taking care of business, 
but he's having a good time doing it, man. He makes everybody feel comfortable. He's always cracking jokes. Like, he's just like that favorite uncle that you love to come around. Right. But that same uncle is like doing work and, you know, paying for lunch. You know? Well, yeah. So And so I, good. I, make it look so easy. It's like, yeah. wow. Man, like, but the thing about it too, though, um, man, you 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 have that specialness about you too, because I I you know I always said that, you know you, you can t like yours to me is is organic acting. Like I don't I, I you make it look effortless. Now maybe you're just that good, but I think that like you just have. It's something about you, man. I've seen like on so many different shows and it's always, it's just always effortless with you. Have anybody ever like ever told you that or have you ever like stepped outside every of the bubble and looked at your day, own work? Every single day of my life someone told me that, man. It's a great feeling. You know, dude, honestly, I put God first, to be honest. Uh, just somebody that I want to make proud of my family. My grandfather and my dad were like my two biggest influences. And I always think like, how do I make them proud? How do I do something that's like, okay, Rob's making me proud. And my grandfather, you know, rest in peace is in heaven. But um, he, he always said one thing. He always said, give much, ask little, inspire all. Wow. So I've kind of lived by that motto like my whole life, which is like, give much, ask little, inspire all. Right. So even when I speak, like that's like on my brain inside my head, like what are you gonna say next? Is it gonna inspire somebody? So right. sometimes I see people talk about things like, like race. And like it ain't about race. I mean I can identify who looks like me but I'm not gonna say just like, Oh, they're black and so there's like a, a separate part of the rest of the community, the yeah. world. No, there's people that, you know, look like me and if I was a kid or a child I would want an example of a hero that looks like me right right that's why you know all the kids who look like us love Black Panther because they're waiting for a hero that looks and resembles like us right right not your Superman so Black not your Panther or the yeah. Green Lantern who's also got you know darker skin and whatever then you're gonna be like oh that's gonna inspire me you're right, man, because, you know, we hadn't really seen a lot of a lot of that, you know, our, our superheroes like um, in that fashion. And um, my superhero growing up was Blank Man. Hmm. Right. With Damon Wayans. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. owned a plunger and that was his weapon. Yeah, that's, that's what we had. <laughs> and then like the next hero that I had that was like mine was like uh, Robert uh, Townsend. Yeah. As Meteor Man. Yeah. Yeah. So then you give us another, you know, superhero, like the dude who's in the the prince in the Wakanda. He's a prince. He drives a nice car. His outfit fits. Yeah. They have the one of the most technologically sound countries in the world. That's full of innovation. And then his weapons are the strongest weapons that's ever been on the planet. Like... That's going to inspire a kid to want to go build a computer or make some new sneakers that had never been seen before to, like, do something different. Right. Right. Do you, do you, do, you know, with coming in the game um, at such a young age, 
and to still remain um, relevant and to still have that same fire and energy that you had from um, day one, would you, you know, you've seen a lot in this business. Um, how would you describe the business then? Um, of course, a little bit later on, or the, you know, being a little older than 13, but um, from then to now, of course, you know, it's it's more opportunity. We're starting to see more um, our color um, dominate in a lot of areas. Um, a lot of more doors are opening up. What I, I want to know your take, like, from then and to now, like, how you feel about the entertainment business now? Well, I'll say this. I'll say, one, the entertainment has gotten so green that's the only color they care about. Right. Okay. It's green, 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 green. So whatever sells, sells. So, you know, the Migos today was the Backstreet Boys yesterday. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're doing things with their culture that maybe might have got overlooked in the 90s or early 2000s, you know, where they were like, oh, we're only going to promote someone like Boys to Men. Or, you know, the Jackson 5. But now, listen, if the kids like it and they're buying it, sell it. You know? And then on the flip so the green to me is the only color. And then on the flip side in the business is, it don't matter if it's talented, not as long as it sells. Hmm. Right? Like, right. Who, who cares if, if, it's, if it's like, you don't need to put Jack Nicholson and Denzel Washington in every film. Just make a YouTube video with some kids being funny. <laughs> and even if it's slapstick, even if it's, you know, nothing but three stooges, if it gets 50 million views, then keep running it. Right. So there's not a, really an interest in, like, direct quality anymore. Right. It's just whether or not the consumer is watching it. And that's the qual uh, quantity. So if it has a quantity and everybody's watching it, keep rolling it. Let's go with it. Wow. That can be, you know, video games or YouTube or Instagram or Facebook or some bad news story or a good movie. Doesn't matter as long as it's selling. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that that is that is that is so real. Um and does that does that does that bother you in any in any way or you just locked in your mind like yo i'm i'm going to continue to put out quality continue to be a part of quality and continue to keep my ethics and morals and and continue to grind it out well the thing about that is like you know if the dinosaurs didn't change they get beat up by meteors right they don't they don't walk anymore right so you, you can't turn to yourself into a dinosaur right because you know if you ask my dad, black and white TV was the best thing ever. You know? Right. But I'm like, Dad, black and white TV, that's for old folks. Like, these kids, <laughs> we want color TV. Now color TV is 3D TV. Now 3D TV is 4D TV. Now 4D TV is, you know, the Oculus goggles. So whatever, you got to stick with the times. Yeah. You know, that's just part of just being like, that's just part of being responsible as far as business and pop culture. Right. And, you know, things are going to always move and be constant. Like, everybody used to eat steaks. Everybody used to drink milk. Like, milk does the body good. Now everybody's vegan. And 
nobody drinks milk. Right. <laughs> you know, you know <laughs> you still drink milk. I'm like, uh, isn't it healthy for you? They're like, no, man, it's not healthy. So the narrative always changes, and you got to keep things in balance. You know, if, if you love eating meat, then you got to, you know, eat meat, but then also start a foundation to feed starving kids that people don't ridicule you for. You know, it's like, there's a, a lot to manage these days. Yeah, yeah. And everybody's got this, this broadcasting device, which is their phone, to get the word out. And so there's just more access with more information, more content, more things you got to be self-conscious of. And the, the story's always changing. So you just got to kind of like stick with the times, I guess. Right, right. I definitely understand that. Or you just die like a dinosaur. You know? Yeah, yeah, or, or you can go sit in the corner and be the the angry person who uh, talks about everybody else. Yeah, how it was back in my day. I mean, how it was back <laughs> in my day is for people who were sitting on the porch. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, I, I just, what, what can we look for? Um, I know we got the movie coming. Um, is it anything else that we can look forward to? Uh, yeah, man, I'm building a business right now, man. I mean, you know, my whole thing is like transforming suffering for all. And I'm a part of this business. It's called EPM. It stands for Elite Performance Medicine. So you can go on our website, epmproductx.com. So it's epmproducts with an x.com, epmproducts.com. Um, and, you know, there's things for muscle and joint pain. There's things for anti-aging and hydration oil for your skin. You have psoriasis, eczema, sunspots, age spots, wrinkles, moles, all that stuff. This medicine is healing your cells. And with your cells being healed, you are restoring your youth. Wow. So we have products for mothers and babies. We have products for professional athletes. We have an urgent care product for, for, for first aid. We have a product for like an elite product for a, a spot treatment. And we're building up this whole company because that's just hot right now. Everybody's, you know, um, uh, getting looking for, you know, better medicine, things that have all earth ingredients, that don't have chemicals, that don't have a bunch of stuff in it that's not good for you. And that's what I'm that's what I'm focused on. Wow, that that that's huge. So I have that's that huge. and I got three more movies coming out. Go see my movie May third. I have another one that's coming out called Real Talk. It's gonna be out this summer. And then I have another one called My Brother's Keeper that's coming out um, after Easter. So I got a lot of iron in the fire, and I got energy for it. And, you know, the movies that I'm in, they're spectacular. So definitely go and see Bolden. You will love that film. And then go see all my other ones, too. Man, can you know, can we get you to come back, man, to um, to promote the movie when, when it's getting ready to drop, man? I think that will be so dope to come back. Absolutely. And I also want to come, I would like to uh, come back on and I want to talk more about um, these health products. Um, you really got me, got my attention with that. I would love to bring you back on to talk about these health products and, and kind of put that out there in the atmosphere a little bit more. I think that that's, that's something that needs to really be highlighted. All right, sounds good. Yeah, just go to epmproductx.com. epmproductx.com. I'll definitely put that out there. Rob, man, I know you're busy. I know you got to scram and get out of here, man. I just want to thank you again. And look, could I get you to, to I always ask my guests 
to drop some inspiration on the listeners and anybody that's inspiring to 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 get into the entertainment business or inspiring to do anything great in life um could you just drop some jewels on them oh absolutely you know you always you get what you give and it's important in life so you reap what you sow it says in the bible so you know put god first um and put people first and it comes back to you like fourfold absolutely Absolutely. And um, could you put your social platforms out there, ways that people can connect, go and check out your new work, things that you have coming up, keep up with you? Absolutely. So everyone out there, I mean, people are suffering all over the place. So go to my website, epmproductx.com. Um, you can also go to um, my personal website, therobertrichard.com. You can find stuff on health, on my entertainment, on things that I'm doing in the community, building businesses. They're all on there. If you need advice, there's advice on there. And then all my social handles are at the Robert Richard. So that's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, and then type in Highway Fit on uh, YouTube to um, for your road, your freedom. Absolutely, Rob, man. I want to thank you again, my brother, for taking time coming out on the show. Uh, it's much appreciated, and I can't wait for you to come back on the platform again, my brother. More blessings, more success to you. God bless you, man. All right? Sounds good. It's the Vibe Show Podcast with your boy Kano the Don, the Vibe King, and my special guest, Robert Richard. We out. <laughs>